Hey guys, I'm really excited to be on here, just releasing out a word the Lord has been stirring inside of me, just putting together how I see uh, the structure of really the day-to-day. The Lord, our God, is our foundation. He is the rock that we stand on, but what it looks like in the kingdom, day by day, walking out this, this kingdom life thing what the structures that we have and support around us, um, the things that we have to move forward. Um, we have this rich, rich inheritance that we got it's with salvation, um, be, belonging to Christ. We have a really rich inheritance, but just tying together how we're walking toward that, toward the blessings and the promises that are ours because of the sacrifice of Christ and the, the richness of our inheritance. So t- today's word is called the word the spirit and godly counsel. I want to talk a little bit about um, the balance that we have um, and how we, we, what it really looks like in the everyday. So the Bible, I just want to start with the word of God. The Bible it's, is such a tool for us. It is essential. It is the Bible, and that's why it's called it. The word is so important. So I just want to take everything back to the word that I'm going to talk about today. So let's just go ahead into the scriptures and look at, um, you know, what the word, the word is alive. It's active and sharp. Look at Hebrews 4, 12. The word is eternal. It lives forever. The word lives forever. That's in Psalms 119, 89 and Isaiah 40, 18. It's mentioned in first Peter. The word is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. That's in second Timothy three sixteen. The word is our guide. Psalms 119, 105, it's, a, it's the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. When we're moving through places and we don't know which way to go, it is our guide. The word itself is our guide. And the very word is Jesus. It is God. John 1, 1. The, the word is Jesus. So we really need to stay rooted and grounded in the word for those very truths. And, and just going back to the word always. It is our it's, it's essential. It's an essential tool that we have. So also, we as believers are led by the Spirit. We, we can leave our nose in the Word and miss out on um, what's available to us by the Spirit. So we're filled up, we chew on the Word, we get it inside of us, and we begin to live from a place of the Spirit, right? We begin making decisions that are outside of the carnal world, outside of the flesh, um, you know, we live and move and have our very being in Christ, right? And, and that's in Acts 17. For a, a very thorough review on walking by the Spirit, I, I don't have time to go through it, but one of the richest, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Romans 8. It's so rich talking about living by the Spirit. Um, and then, you know, you can look at Galatians 5, you can read through Ephesians 1, on and on, just how we're in Christ, how we have experienced Him through the Spirit, so we do, we live by the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit, we make decisions out of the Spirit. Um, yeah, but the New Testament, it talks a lot about walking by the Spirit, but it also talks, it, it, it says, don't believe every spirit, test them and see whether they're from God. That's in 1 John 4, 1. In 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, it says, no wonder Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So you have to have caution. You know, how do we know? How do we know what we're hearing and seeing? We have to go back to the word. That's how we know when things are from God. So 
we can't fully live in the word and push out the spirit. Just like we can't live fully by the spirit without having the richness of the word keeping us rooted and grounded. Otherwise, that is how we position ourselves in one way or the other. If we're not ground, if we're not balanced on both of those things, that's really where we position ourselves in a place of for deception. Um, in truth, we, we have to live by the Spirit, rooted and grounded in the Word. That's just how we have to do it. In true deception, the hallmark characteristic is that you don't know you're deceived, right? So I really believe there is a third piece to this. We live by the spirit, rooted and grounded in the word. But the third structure around us is godly counsel. This is what I think. So these are, you know, follow me here. There's no question that we were made to do life together, right? The deceiver hates relationships. Satan will do anything he can to separate us, to cause isolation, distance, all of that. He hates it. Even in Genesis, it says man was not made to be alone. Um, the devil knows how dangerous we are when we're together. He knows what unity and relationships will do, and he will drive every lie he possibly can toward God, God-ordained relationships. Thankfully, we're armed. You know, we can, we know how to fight spiritual battles because of Ephesians. We're not, the, it's not, our battles aren't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and spirits. Ephesians chapter 6 talks all about how we arm ourselves. But let's take, let's look at the word. Let's look at the wisdom books. I love the wisdom books. So Ecclesiastes 4.9 says that two are better than one. And then I want to look at Proverbs. I love the Proverbs. I love the wisdom of the Proverbs. Um, starting at 12.15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 20.18 says plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. Proverbs 15.22 says plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. These are the wisdom books and chapters here. Proverbs 24.6, surely you need guidance to wage war. A victory is won through many advisors. And then talking about, you know, unity. And unity isn't agreeing on every single thing. Unity is learning to walk together and trust each other and trust somebody who's going to do something that you wouldn't do, but you know that the Bible says that we, we will know them by their fruit. So you know people around you by their fruit in their life. Um, but yeah, so let's go back to the word here. Um, Mark chapter two, verse three. I want to read this out and I'm going to tie it together here. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, meaning Jesus, bringing to him carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) If this guy's friends had said to him, you know what, whatever the paralyzed man's name was, Sorry, the door's closed. Too many people. I guess it just wasn't the Lord's will to heal you today. It wasn't the plan for today. You know, it just wasn't meant to be. No, no, no. He would not have received his healing. See, you need to have people around you in your life who will push you to the feet of Jesus. 
When your faith is not enough because you're paralyzed by whatever it is you're paralyzed by, whether it be your spirit, your your whether you're paralyzed physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever it is that you're paralyzed by, because we all go through those times, you've got to have this group of people around you who say, wait a minute, I'm going to dig a hole. I'm going to dig a hole and place you at Jesus's feet. When you can't get there yourself by your own faith, you need to have godly counsel around you that has enough faith for you to put you at the feet of Jesus. When there's no way, they make a way. And, and this scripture says, when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith and healed the guy. Okay. Your friends sometimes have to have faith for you. Sometimes the people in your life that you're doing life with have to have the faith to get you at Jesus's feet so you can get your healing. Whew. Amen. We need to have, I am not talking about false relationships. I'm not talking about going to other people to get what you need to get from the Lord. Listen, the Lord will destroy a pedestal that you put any man on. He will, he will just, he will completely get rid of anything that is exalted above him. I am not talking about going to other people when you need to be going to God. God is our foundation. This is not idolatry. This is biblical, godly people that are around you in your life who aren't going to let you, you know, when you're in the middle of a fire, you don't need people in that fire with you, commiserating, complaining. You need somebody who's standing outside of the smoke to reach a hand in and pull you through. These are the people that you do life with, people that you trust sometimes more than you trust yourself to keep you out away from um, dangerous things, people who love you, people who you know. And sometimes, you know, you can't go on your feelings Sometimes in relationships, you honor your commitments over your feelings. Feelings are not our authority. We are not bound to how we feel. We do relationship because we know, because God has done it. He has put these people in our lives and we lay our lives down for a friend. That's what Jesus would do. Sometimes you've got to let your faith lead you outside of your feelings and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in relationships that the Lord has put before you. So yes, the word, the balance of the word, walking by the spirit and having good godly counsel, friendships, people that you're doing life with, community around you. And again, this is not the foundation because God himself is our foundation. This is the structure around us. And this is boiled down to the everyday, staying in the word, praying, walking by the spirit, getting counsel. I'm not talking about listening to every single person that talks to your way, but filtering through that lens of who is it that's in my life that's around me, who's going to get me to Jesus's feet, who has who is paving the way, you know, when we're, when we're plowing with each other and doing life together and and one, one ox is down, you pick up that yoke and you push forth. Even though you could be moving faster and further ahead, you stay back and you pull with them. And and same thing with you when you're down and you can't do it. They're pulling you, pulling, pushing, plowing the fields, moving forward, down, down, Get low with people. I'm talking about getting low and doing life together in the messy and the dirty. Not 
who can get there faster, who can get there on their own. That's why we're the body of Christ. We're not meant to do this alone. We can't get every revelation for ourselves. We're moving forward the body, the kingdom of God. We're moving forth. The kingdom is advancing, not Gina's advancing, not, you know, not any one person is advancing. We're advancing this together. So it's not like, oh, look at that ox. It went off and finished plowing quicker and faster. No, it's the ox that stayed back and got down and dirty with the one who couldn't carry its weight at the time and plowed forth together. That's the fruit that's behind them that is bearing better. That is the the, the fruit that, that is lasting, that is what God is talking about, doing it together. Okay, transitioning. I'm going to tie it again, in together here, but I want to go back and look at our rich inheritance. Um, well, let's take a look at Deuteronomy. So um, let's see. Okay, Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and keep all my commands always so that it might go well with them and their children forever. And the Lord talks a lot. Um, the Jews have a, a prayer that they recite um, called the Shema. It's out of um, Deuteronomy 6 through 6. And they, they recite it twice a day. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and at your gates. I could just draw a comparison of, of this. This is what was given to them. And the Jews recite this twice a day. If we modern day, pull this together as staying rooted in the word, living by the spirit, um, doing life with the body of Christ to move it forward for, for the, for the purpose of advancing the kingdom for Jesus. Um, I, I could draw a comparison that, that it's, it's to the Shema, you know, and press this on your children. Talk about it when you're sitting at home, talk about the word, talk about the spirit, talk about the, how you're, how to do relationships. Um, Tie these things as symbols on your hands as reminders. You know, bind them on your forehead, which is impressing it on your mind. Um, I love it, the, the, the scripture about renewing your mind. I'll get there. But, um, and, and, and writing it on your door frames of your house, it's just, it's foundational. It's, it's there. Impress it upon you. Um, Ephesians 5.26 says, um, cleanse by the washing with water through the word. It's just, it's so beautiful that we, the word washes us, you know, daily, daily. We need to be cleansed and washed by the word. So, okay. Reading through again, through Deuteronomy going here to, uh, let's see, seven, six for you are people holy to the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Holy means to be set apart, to be sacred, consecrated. We are supposed to look different. We should be set apart as, just as the Jews were. Oh, this, was, this was for the Israelites, God's chosen people. But come down to, uh, let's see, let's, let's jump a little bit out of order here and we'll go back. I'm sorry, out of order of my notes. <laughs> 
let's look at Galatians 3.29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. <laughs> so all these things that I'm going to read here to you in a moment, um, it, we, belong, we belong to Christ, right? So we are heirs according to the promise. Read through Romans 11, talks about how we are grafted in. As believers in Jesus, we are grafted in to these promises all the way back in Deuteronomy, all these promises and blessings that I'm going to read through. Um, Romans 4.16 says the promise comes by faith. In Hebrews, it, it talks about how um, faith is how we please God. Look at Romans 8.16, starting at 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. <laughs> if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So we are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. These are promises out of the New Testament, okay? Uh, look at Hebrews 8, 6. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one. Since the new covenant is established on better promises. Woo-hoo! So let's go up. Let me read some of these promises that I'm talking about. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faith, the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. Again, we are that same seed, right? That's being talked about here. Verse 13. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine and olive oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. You will be blessed more than any other people. None of your men or women will be childless, nor will any of your livestock be without young. Listen to this. The Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible disease you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all who hate you. You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God. Okay, that goes on there. Let's go down to Deuteronomy 8, 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth <laughs> and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Come on. Okay, now let's look at the blessing that we have. In Numbers 6.22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The Lord puts his name on his chosen holy people, his set apart people, and will bless them. Come on. These are ours, you guys. These blessings are ours. You can read through Deuteronomy 28. Oh my gosh. Let's just read it. Let's read it. Deuteronomy 28, starting at 1. <coughs> 
If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed You will come in when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the people on the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. <laughs> that's that set apart. People on the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Remember, we are heirs to that seed from Abraham. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land and season and bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of these commands I give you today. To the right or to the left, following the gods and serving them. So don't turn away from them. Stay right where he has you. Walk by the Spirit. Stay rooted and grounded in the Word. Have godly counsel. I love this. I love this. So let's come back into the New Testament again. In 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. His promises are yes in Christ. We are in Christ. Amen. Yes and amen. I love it. I love these promises. I love what we are richly in the rich inheritance that we have in Christ. I love walking by the spirit, being grounded in the word and doing life with each other. Yes, God. So I thank you, Lord, for this word. And I just bless you all today. Thank you for listening and chewing on this. And I just ask that your kingdom would advance, Lord. That your kingdom would advance. And light, your light would shine on those who you have chosen and set forth. And I just thank you, Lord. And I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus.